God gives you the grace to parent the children that he gives you, mm. you're going to fail. We're all going to fail. I am not cut out to be a parent any more than anyone else, but God's grace covers that. My parents failed in certain ways, and God's grace covers that. If you say, you know, I'm not cut out to be a parent, God was the perfect parent, and yet Israel (laughs) failed over and over and over. So even if we're perfect parents, that doesn't necessarily mean or guarantee that our children are going to be perfect children. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast. Look, I know by now we've created an expectation that I say something different and clever at the beginning of every episode, but I'm not sure you really understand how hard it is to come up with this stuff every week. So why don't we just pretend like I said something witty to make you laugh and get on with the show. I won't tell if you won't. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello, welcome to the Really Real Podcast. It's episode 79. Really Real is a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. Here's what we've got on tap for today's show. First up, in need a refill, Isaac is talking about drawing. Yelp. I've seen some of your drawings. I've been doodling. They're cool. I love them. Thank you. Very cool. And so I'm definitely interested in hearing a little bit more about how you've gotten into this and what it does for you. Mm -hmm. Multiverse of Madness. I'm going to Jesus Juke, the multiverse of madness. Ooh, I'm Not ready. Say much more than that. Okay. But we'll have that conversation <laughs> coming up ready. a little bit later in the show. Kara <laughs> is uh, yelping the world today. She's got a review for us on glamping. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know it. Fancy, Fancy camping. That's right. Is what glamping is, right? Gla- <laughs> yes. Glamorous camping. Glamorous camping. Yes, yeah. that yes. is correct. Okay. And then on plus one today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Dree Buyer. If that last name sounds familiar at all, that's because of that is also my last name. We're married. And so my wife is going to be joining us on the show today to talk about parenting. There's all of these statistics now that talk about how younger generations are having less and less kids. Mm-hmm. Being parents is less popular than it used to be. A lot of people delaying parenthood, not having kids until later in life. Yeah. Mm. We're not necessarily going to get into like the social part of it today, mm. right? but more just from her perspective as a mom, what is it like to be a parent? Why did you decide to become a parent? What yeah. are some of the successes and struggles that you've had. Obviously, I'm married to Dree, and so I know a little bit about her perspective on parenting. <laughs> there is a bias. But both of you guys, in particular, come to this conversation without kids. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it might be kind of an interesting opportunity for you guys to be able to ask some questions of a parent yeah. as people who are coming from a very different life stage, I yes. guess. Yeah. I have many yeah. Many questions. Many questions. All right. So <laughs> I'm really we'll, get, we'll get to Kara's questions for Dre a little bit later in the show. First off, what is everybody drinking today? Isaac, let's start with you. I'm drinking hot cinnamon tea. And I think mm. I've been drinking this all through the month. I think once it got below like 30 degrees one <laughs> night recently, I was like, it's tea time. We got this hot cinnamon tea that I've <laughs> talked about on the podcast before. Yeah. There are people who like unwind with like a drink at night. And mm. I do that sometimes too, but like, I just want a tea before I go to bed it's a now. Good way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, like, a you. decaf hot cinnamon tea has been very, very mm. nice. Highly recommend. That's good tea. It's very good. I love it. I'm just doing the straight up H2O water today because yeah. let's be honest, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm about to put all kinds of crap <laughs> in my system. So let's uh, start so it off at I least. Feel that. You're detoxing. Let's uh, pre-detoxing. Yeah. <laughs> pre-tox? You're, you're pre-tox. <laughs> you're you're pre-toxing. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's my new thing. Get ready, buddy. Here, Here it comes. <laughs> so, pre-toxing yeah. sounds a little bit like you're actually like putting toxins in your body ahead of time oh, yeah. 
before you put more in I later. I can't smell like, her water bottle from here. So <laughs> be the other version know. of that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Actually, I'm doing water too. Pretty sure I've talked about this on the show before, but like, I really like water. I do too. <laughs> what a geek. Like <laughs> Come on. Ever. I, know. I do too. No, it's not. So, it's it good is, for you. It is both good and lame. Yeah. It can but be it's, it's one of those, like, you got to take the win, right? I know so many people who are like, oh, I hate water, but I know I'm supposed to drink it. And they like mm. have to force themselves to drink it. Yeah, that actually, bo- that my bothers wife, me, My wife honestly. is that way. She doesn't really like drinking like, water that I much. cannot stop drinking did, water all day long. That's me. How did you get here evolutionary? Like, if your body... Yeah. It doesn't like the thing. It I know he needs like, the most. That's like a symptom the of rabies. Of like, that's not good. You gotta start liking water. Man. All right, well, at least I don't have rabies. At I'm least. drinking water today. Same. Isaac, what are you listening to today? I'm listening to Indie Tribe Team. I love this song if only because I love me a good collab get the whole gang on a song mm. uh, team is basically the entirety of Indie Tribe John Keith no big deal Mowgli the Iceberg everyone jumping in on this song training versus there's this concept of like having a cypher in hip hop where like you got different people jumping on the microphone uh-huh. and this just reminds me of that and <laughs> I love what Indie Tribe and No Big Deal specifically are bringing to Christian rap and hip hop. It's that element of fun and community that I think can sometimes there can be this pressure to be a little bit more stale or refined. KB is a great rapper but he is like a John Piper level like theologian too at the same time <laughs> yeah. and like Indie Tribe is just like let's make a song talking about basketball Basketball and yeah, stuff too. There you so go. it's just nice. That's I love it. Cool. They are really fun. Yeah. Like some of the funnest Christian hip hop, I feel mm. like. Yeah. I'm listening to Curtis Hoppy Rooftops. Straight to the rooftops. I really like this song. It's kind of just a good chill jam, but also the words. Yeah, pretty much every time I listen to them, they catch me. It's basically a song about acknowledging, hey, God, um, I may not know exactly how everything in the universe works, but you do. And that's Mm. a good thing. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. So maybe I should stop thinking as much as I do. This is a problem for me. (laughs) Overthinking everything in life. Yeah. He talks about this a lot in this song. And the pre-chorus says, I'm overthinking. Catch me. I'm sinking. How do I stop the weight from pulling me down. Maybe it's not my job to figure it out. What? <laughs> it's not? <laughs> so, been listening to this song on repeat as a reminder. Maybe it's not my job to figure it out. Your thoughts yeah. are not my thoughts, God. So, you do your thing and take me along for the ride, but it's not my job to figure it out. Yeah. My on repeat is similar, actually, at least in message. It's Mood Swings by Holland. Mm. Holland's really interesting. She came on the scene about five or six years ago, had a couple pretty big songs on Christian mm-hmm. radio. She hasn't made as many appearances, at least on Christian AC radio in mm-hmm. recent years. And as I've listened to some of the stuff that she's put out, I'm just guessing I haven't like read an interview from her or anything like that. Uh, but it kind of feels like she's been exploring and experimenting a little bit, like trying mm-hmm. to find her sound mm-hmm. and kind of her unique take on music and her message. Because it feels like she's backed away a little bit from some of the straighter mm-hmm. Christian AC pop music, mm-hmm. getting a little more experimental and and mm-hmm. trying some things. And Mood Swings definitely fits that a little bit. It's a funky song. It's it a is. little bit different. <laughs> it's really good. But the message of the song is really interesting as well, because I think it kind of ties into that, trying to figure out exactly exactly where I fit in and Mm. where I'm at and what I want to do. And she says in the, uh, 
pre-chorus, I guess. The lyrics are, second guessing is my second language, because now I can't focus on what I've been chasing. Mm -hmm. All of my expectations are just hallucinations. I guess my dreams are in a mood swing. I imagine some of that may be tied into her music career a little bit. There may be other things going on kind of in her personal life as well. But just try to figure out, like, what is my sound? Where do I fit? What's the music that I want to make? As opposed to just making the music that people expect me to make mm-hmm. um, because this is the kind of song that I'm supposed to write in the kind of genre that I'm in. Right. And it feels like she's kind of resisted being pigeonholed into mm-hmm. that cliche Christian female artist thing. She yeah. Has. And she's kind of striking out and doing her own thing. And I really like that. Want more out of Real FM? Subscribe to Real FM Plus. Real FM Plus adds incredible value to the standard Real FM experience. With a low price of $9.99 per month, Real FM Plus adds the following features to the Real FM app. Daily affirmations from Kara. You are very close to becoming an influencer. A 24-7 live stream of Isaac's life. So I'm probably going to have to get up here soon to go find my charger. And introducing the monthly Real FM Loot Box. Featuring new Real FM branded merchandise from Anson every month. And that's why you're going to love the Real FM Dumbbell Set. Subscribe to Real FM Plus today. Or tomorrow. Or the next day if you forget about it. Or just really please just think about it. Need a refill? What we wish life would pour us a little more of. Another! Back in May, started posting some digital art. I've always drawn on pen and paper or pencil and paper. Not really ever what I thought was worth posting, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't even like attaching value of like, this is postable. But like, <laughs> never really something that I really committed to and like, no, I'm going to try to draw something. I doodle constantly. Yeah. But I had a little bit of extra money from a project that I worked on. And I saw that this Wacom tablet, this little tablet that you plug into your computer and do digital art with was on sale. And kind of on a whim, I was like, I've always wanted to do digital art. And I thought, okay, I'll try it. And it was a grueling process of trying to work this pen that wasn't actually a pen and looking at a screen while your hand is down there and not. It's oh, yeah, it's very weird. It would be trippy. But what I found out is, oh, I can experiment with all of these different techniques and pencils and watercolor palettes and stuff that I wouldn't really have access to aside from buying out like an entire art store. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this gave me the ability to control Z and redo, which is amazing because that means nice yeah already i have this there's no mistakes just do it but i like to refine things Uh and when i can sit there and there's literally no risk to the activity yeah can just sit and doodle it's been so good and Uh. when i started feeling overwhelmed by things that i saw in the news i originally started going to like the associated press or the guardian or something and finding an image that i thought was pretty striking from the news Mm. and trying to kind of like create the most bare bones version of that in a drawing wow as a way to kind of just look at it take it in process it think about it and then be done with it once i was done with the drawing That's so good. It was neat. From there, I branched out to, well, maybe let's not art therapy the things that are bothering you. Let's try to just create stuff. That evolved into drawing like a penguin in a spacesuit and just really goofy (laughs) stuff that I love. 
And it's been just a total blast. I feel like I saw a raccoon drawing of yours that I loved. Yes, there's a raccoon that's pining for a giant pumpkin spice latte. That's what it is. (laughs) It was such a good drawing. I was like, I love that. (laughs) I love raccoon. They're like one of my favorite animals. They're they're little grubby mitts. I love them. You made it so Um, cute. All of that stuff is constantly rolling in my head. I do a bad job of communicating what's in my head sometimes. So this is like, here's a raccoon. He's really excited about pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> Do with that what you may. When people go, oh, that's fun. I'm like, well, that's entirely what's upstairs right that's, now. That's my good. brain. You're co-signing my brain right now. So that's real good. Yeah. So have you been artistic, would you say, for a long time? Or is this something where you feel like, you know, this is a talent of yours that was kind of latent and you've just developed more recently? It's definitely a muscle that I'm working out more than I ever have. I did art classes as a kid. My mom has this painting of a boat that I did still in her house from when I was like eight. Yeah. But I definitely have always drawn and doodled, but I've never really committed to, no, let's really work this out and not even with the goal of getting better at it necessarily, but you like doing this. You owe it to yourself to do Mm. more of it. That's been kind of a way to keep myself accountable is I'll try to do like one a week. And even if I never post it or anything, that's one that I get done a week. That's kind of just neat. Okay. It's definitely something I'm being way more intentional about now. So I think it's kind of like a late blooming. Mm. No, I really, really enjoy this. I'm going to keep doing this probably until I can't anymore somehow. What has the experience been like sharing that with other people, posting it on social media or stickers or things? Was there any nervousness at all? Uh What kind of vulnerability? Like, I don't know if this is any good and I'm going to share it with people and how are they going to (laughs) react? Or were you pretty chill about like, "Eh, I'm just going to, Put it out there and people will yeah. either like it or not. Or yeah. like, How did you feel about the idea of sharing your work with other people? There's definitely an element of, I really hope people don't find this just repulsive. <laughs> like, oh, like, but but gosh, I think that no. it's like a, um, I don't know how to say this well. So just hear this with grace. Like, I like the stuff I make. So I'm doing that purely for me. And when I post it, I think the risk for me is if it does only get eight likes or something, I'm like, well, okay, whatever. But I know that the algorithm is the devil and that like (laughs) it's completely subjective to who sees it. But I think that's been one of the things that I've had to adjust to. I really enjoy the feedback of someone going like, oh, that was really fun. That made me laugh. That made me smile. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like that's serving a secondary purpose for me. I'm like, that's Uh... neat. This is kind of a way to document what I'm doing. And if someone really likes it, that's cool. Like someone reached out and I did a, um, a commission of this water color drawing for their dog that passed away. They oh. now are like going to have that in their home and they're surprising their family with it for Christmas. And that's so sweet. Yeah. Like that's been Aww. a really cool thing that I didn't see coming. Yeah. That opening it up and letting people see it yeah. kind of led to. Hmm. There's these side benefits that I really didn't see coming. I think this is more just a way for me to go like, hey, look at this goofy thing I did. <laughs> if you like it, that's really cool. I like it. So, <laughs> yeah. so maybe you'll like it too. Hey, I have to tell you about a movie I just saw that I can't stop thinking about that reminds me so much of this. Have you heard of this? It's on Amazon Prime, The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. No. Okay, you have to watch it. Number one, because it's about an artist, a guy who draws like all kinds of things. But he almost kind of like fell into it. Like he tried to do everything else. Yeah. But he was like super, super good at drawing. But the thing that he started doing on his own was drawing cats. Oh, that's awesome. And he is like the foremost cat artist in the world. (laughs) Rocks. And he like got a cat as a pet before it was cool to have cats as a pet. Like people were like, what is wrong with you? Why do you have a cat? And then he started drawing this cat. And then he started drawing like hundreds of cats. Yeah. And that was like his legacy 
And he always That's had cool. cats and always drew. And so I think you'd really like this movie. I love that. That's the really highlight, good. the definite highlight was I created this little sticker thing for my friends to just buy stickers at cost because I think stickers are fun. One of my friend's kids put a drawing that I did on his switch. Oh, and if you can make something man. that a kid puts on the back of their Nintendo switch, uh-huh. like that is like the Met Gala. That's like <laughs> whatever. You have like, arrived. A nine year old boy was like, this is so cool. It's going on the thing that I am with constantly. And I was like, that's awesome. That's That's where we're at now. That's awesome. (laughs) Get ready for the multiverse of madness. Things are about to get really weird. We're about to jump on that ginormous spaceship. You want to come? Yes, things are still going to get a little weird, but we're going to do something a little bit different on the show today. In most of our segments for the Multiverse of Madness, we've gone really crazy and done some really fun, hilarious stuff. <laughs> but we're going to go a little bit more on the serious route Ooh, this time. Okay. So I'm going to give you a situation that occurs here in this alternate universe. And then I want to hear your guys' thoughts on how that would or wouldn't change the rest of the way you would live your life. Oh, here's basically. Basically what happens. Everything in this alternate universe is the same as the universe that you live in right now. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Except during this episode of the podcast, Jesus appears in the studio, Uh flesh and blood, (laughs) as a special guest. And he doesn't stick around super long. He confirms his existence right. and mm-hmm. his presence right maybe answers a couple basic questions right. basically is like you know the um historical like tradition of the church what the bible says about me like all of that is true yeah uh, like, like kind of confirms like yes yeah it's true cool yeah. just wanted you to know that <laughs> good job picking <laughs> see you soon yeah oh. Oh my <laughs> not gosh. too soon hopefully yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would, that, I would want follow-up questions see you soon could be ominous you know he'd be cheeky and do that too like <laughs> see you soon, soon. Yeah. you sooner i can then just like leave yeah. and like wait wait, wait. <laughs> what did he just say huh? what how soon So he's not necessarily going to sit down and like answer all of our difficult life questions, but he kind of confirms the basics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 And then off he goes. Oh my gosh. So the question is, if that were to happen. Yeah. In what ways would the rest of our lives be different? Uh Uh-huh. And in what ways would the rest of our lives not be different? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. First impressions. Let's talk just kind of short term. Yeah. Even just like in the next few hours or days, how would that change your life? I don't know that I would be verbal for like the that's, next day. That's like, what like I was thinking. really and truly like, I don't know how I could process that. Yeah. I would want to try, but I would be like, yeah. So a thing happened. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to go eat. I'm supposed to go eat dinner now. I'm like, supposed what? To go, yeah. What is this? Yeah. yeah how am I no. supposed to do normal activities now? I don't even know. Yeah. It just feels like it'd be so shocking. Yeah. One of the first thoughts I had was like, I would tell people that it happened. Right. Yeah. You'd probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but then like the second thought I had was like, how, how would I do right. that? Right. Yeah. Like, would people believe me? Oh, like, would gosh. people think I'm insane? Right. right. That's a good question. Like if someone else came and told you that, would you believe them? Yeah, probably not. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, unequivocally, like I would not I could just like post yeah. on Facebook, right? Hey, right. Jesus appeared to me today. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that wouldn't go over very well. See, no. But I'd yeah, have to tell some people. Like I couldn't do- not right. tell people that this thing happened. You got to go tell your wife first, probably. Right. Be like, so I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to get that one down first. Right. And try not like, to. So you're telling maybe some of your family or like closest friends. Right. Yeah, about this and hoping they believe you, I guess. <laughs> hoping they don't send you on a grippy sock vacation. At the- <laughs> <laughs> 
put you away somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would definitely tell Brie. Man, I don't know. Having it 100% confirmed and almost having an element of my faith both affirmed and sort of taken away at the same time. Because uh-huh. faith is believing and not having it 100% confirmed. Mm-hmm. So now how do I have that? <laughs> it's been mm-hmm. unequivocally, without question, proven to me. Like I'm boggling my mind on trying to figure <laughs> out how I'd walk my spiritual life out after that's that. That's a good question. But like my question is, would you in your brain, maybe this is just me, maybe I'm a weakling, but do you not feel like you would still have doubts? Was that really Jesus? How do I know that mm, was Jesus? Yeah. Was that 100? start second guessing the experience? Right. Like I feel like I would start second guessing it and then yeah. be like, well, was that I don't know. Was that really Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's an interesting thing. I I can totally see that. Even right. yeah, with the diffusion of time, we can rationalize anything. It's true. I mean, and we, we can really change can. our memories. Too, yeah. Yeah. So. so did that really happen? Was it really what I thought it was? Right. When you think about in the Bible all the time, these guys are walking with Jesus. And you think yeah. of Thomas and like <laughs> who among us have always been like, Thomas, you baboon. Like <laughs> He's right there. Like how, what does he have to do to get you to get on board? And like, right. It's the same with us. Like, but yeah. I mean, yeah. You're like, how many people have appeared to me from the dead? That would have taken some convincing. Probably yeah, exactly. For me too. Yeah. I mean, if it's that hard to be able to talk to someone you love and convince them that you weren't right crazy, mm-hmm. like you probably would have to do kind of some of the same work for yourself. With yourself. Like, yeah. It would be helpful if y'all were in the same room because otherwise it'd be like, was it just me? Yeah. No, we all had that experience. Right. Yeah. Maybe if, if you showed up <laughs> in the pilot, we'd at least have like a couple other people who are witnesses to it. Yeah. Right. That so would it be wasn't helpful. just us. A shared experience. So how about just in terms of your everyday life in terms of priorities or behaviors? Like yeah. how would those things change or not change as a result of that? Let's yeah. let's say for a moment we're convinced it happened and it was a legitimate experience. Yeah. Then where do you go from there? I think that a lot of just underlying anxiety that I have around faith would Mm. go away. And I think that'd be very comforting. You have faith, but I think I also have this tension of like, man, I could be so wrong too. (laughs) Like, you know, Mm. I mean, like I have to push back against my own doubts. And I think it would be incredible to experience 100% confirmation. More than the factual verification, I'm thinking of like, what would it be like to be in Jesus' presence and know that you're Mm -hmm. in Jesus' presence? Not that we're not supposed to be that way anyway, but in my head, I'm like, to physically be in his presence should shake me to my core, right? It should change everything, but I'm supposed to be in his presence every day anyway, but I can't see him. Yeah. So I would hope that that would change even the way I talk to him, right? Like it would change the way you... The way you pray. Right. It feels like that would probably be different. Right. The way you pray and how often you pray. And I would hope, I would hope, but like, I I feel doubtful of myself. I would hope that Mm. it would change my priorities and change my perspective and be like, you know, all this stuff that I'm so caught up in doesn't really matter. Right. I think that would be my short term takeaway. Yeah. For sure. If you've ever gone to like church camp or you've had like, you know, kind of this like (laughs) major spiritual experience in the short term, you start to ask some pretty big questions like what am i doing with my life why am i prioritizing these things Mm. why am i so stressed about this thing over here when it doesn't really matter yeah i think i would probably have a lot of those in the Mm -hmm. days and weeks following that experience i think i would probably have some pretty significant changes in my life in terms of what i'm prioritizing and what i'm thinking about and what i'm doing yeah but similarly to you kara the question that starts to creep into my mind is like would they last? I know. That's like, like, yeah. For several weeks or months or even a couple of years afterwards. Yeah. But like 10, 20, 30 years down the road, would that actually change the trajectory of my life overall? Yeah. Or would it not? 
Right. And that's an interesting question. I don't know that I can how really it, fully answer. How would it change the way that we interact with people who are pretty solid in their stance that there's nothing, right? Oh, like, how do you have it revealed to you unequivocally and then sit in a conversation with someone who's like, yeah, there's nothing there. Come on. Like, right. and you're just like, no, but I, there's. <laughs> I also wonder about how I would, you, you said it, Kara, like how I would pray. Mm-hmm. If Jesus reveals himself once yeah. and answers some basic questions, that would almost set a precedent of like, yeah, I need you to do that again <laughs> many more times for me <laughs> because, yeah, like, please show up right now. I've seen that you can now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I do think it's interesting that you brought up the, the disciples earlier in the conversation, Isaac, because that's a lot of what I've been thinking about as I was thinking yeah, about this was, question. Yeah. It's like, in what ways did the disciples lives change or not change mm-hmm. by having Jesus present in their lives Mm. in some ways their lives changed in really profound oh yeah ways Mm -hmm. they stopped doing what they were doing and went in completely new directions right i'm not going to be a fisherman anymore i'm going to be a disciple of jesus right and like i'm going to sell out to that i'm going to drop everything and follow him and so in some ways the trajectories of their lives changed dramatically. They, right. Most of them ended up dying. That's what I was as a thinking. result of this. Yeah, like, most yeah. of them were willing to die for it. Right. Absolutely. It changed some things. On the other hand, there are certain things about their lives that didn't change either. Mm. Like they still prioritized selfishness and power at times. Yeah. Mm. They were still sinful. They still had doubts. And so I feel like it would be kind of this like two sided coin where there would be probably some things about my life that would really profoundly change. Like you're you're talking about maybe I would pray differently for the rest of my life after that one moment. Or maybe when I'm like sharing the gospel with others, there would be a new sense of urgency, perhaps Uh that would be a part of that. So certain ways in which that would really change me. Yeah. And then other ways where it might almost frustratingly not i know that's what i was thinking right yeah oh my gosh like i've literally seen the son of god why do i still struggle with these things or shouldn't my doubt have been like right it got confirmed like how is doubt still a thing and yet we were talking about well maybe it still would be a little bit and it brings me back to like okay if we believe jesus is who he says he is he could do this right he could do what we're describing right he could show up in this room yeah but he hasn't at least in recent history from what we know (laughs) he doesn't why Yeah. Well, maybe that wouldn't solve as much as I think it would solve. Yeah. Because if it were beneficial to us, he would do it. If it were good for us, it would make the situation better. I like to think that he would. Yeah, that's a fair point. So So like, since he hasn't, why doesn't he? Maybe it wouldn't really be as good for us as we like to think Hmm. it would be. It makes me think of the Chosen series, which we've really been Mm -hmm. enjoying brings this into really sharp perspective. And one of my favorite episodes is spoiler alert. (laughs) There's an episode where Mary Magdalene gets triggered and falls back into some of her old patterns. Mm -hmm. A couple of the disciples go out and get her and bring her back to Jesus. And she comes in to talk to him and she's like completely overwhelmed and ashamed, obviously. And she says this line that I've been thinking about a lot lately. You already fixed me once and I broke again. And I was like, that is so how it feels like. Mm -hmm. It feels like once we meet Jesus or if we were to see Jesus in person, then everything should be different and we should never fall again. Right. Right. But he never promises that. And he didn't promise that to the disciples either. Yeah. Jesus answer to her was like, well, it's not much of a redemption if it can be lost so easily. Yeah. That's the whole point. That's why we need Jesus, because we can't sustain even good intentions for very long at all without him. 
we need Jesus because mm-hmm. we're hopeless without him. Yeah. And so if he shows up one time and yeah. we kind of base the rest of our spiritual lives and journeys and relationship with him off of one Once. interaction. Yeah. It's not going to last. It's not going right? to be enough. Yeah. Oof. Wild. Deep thoughts. All right. If you're going to do it, let's go. Let's see. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> it's time to yelp the world where we rate anything because you're dying to know our opinions about everything. Right? This is literally the most exciting thing I've ever seen. So this week, I am rating an experience I have been having that's new to me, and that is glamping or mm. glamorous camping. Uh, throwback here to Tom Haverford from uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah, Do you guys remember uh, the yes. glamping oh, yeah. episode? Oh, yes. It's so good. Oh, I yeah. love it. We're not quite to that extent <laughs> yet, but I mean, I mean, we're close because we're not in, in like a tent, but we don't have the ice cream maker. But <laughs> my husband and I bought a camper. Nice. And that's a, very, wow. that's a fancy camper. Nice. It's very nice. We had been talking about it ever since we got married and it was one of those things we just always kind of talked about. And then one week it just kind of came to the front of the conversation and we found some good deals and we started like talking about it more seriously. And I was like, oh, wait, we're actually seriously thinking about this. Mm -hmm. We ended up getting a camper. And so we've been, let's see, together, I think we've been three times now. Two or three times. I can't remember. And he's been once without me. This is like a totally new experience for me. Mm -hmm, I did not grow up in a camping family. Cody and I went camping, tent camping a couple of times Mm -hmm. as well. (laughs) And tent camping is a totally different experience. (laughs) Yes, it is. We had fun, but also by (laughs) day two and a half, Uh uh, we were like, okay, we're just done. Like so done. We didn't sleep. We need showers so bad. Like it's so bad. Yeah. There is a, there is an unspeakable grime. It's so gross. And I'm like, you just get to this point and you're like, this is not fun anymore. Mm. We had talked about that. Like we enjoy some of this experience, but it would be so much better if we could shower and sleep. That makes the biggest difference. Shower and sleep. And then camping's good. Right. It's so true though. And, and AC and AC. We really, 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 really really like our AC. Okay. Now now now, that's where the, the glamping starts to <laughs> the come out. Sound bit. effects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just the basic necessities. Like shower, shower bed, bed, AC, TV, air conditioning, my television, yeah. <laughs> massages. Exactly. So I know, I know we're getting a little bit I love it. A little I bit love spoiled, it. but it's fun. It's been really cool. And I really like the aspect of being able to make it homey and carry your home with you. That's been my favorite part so far. I think it's cool because it it gives you an excuse to do things and explore places that you wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. We're already planning a big trip next summer to Colorado to like a couple of different places that we wouldn't have gone. Mm -hmm. We're like, let's go find some campgrounds and go do this because we have this now. So let's go experience some things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really good because otherwise a lot of times we don't always prioritize having experiences together. When you make this investment in this item, you're like, well, we have this, so we need to use right. it. Yeah, for um, sure. That's good for your relationship to have experiences together and, and try yeah. new things. Yeah, go on adventures together. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. We're just at the very beginning of this and we're going into like, you know, the cold season. So we're having like our last one for a little bit this coming weekend and then okay. we'll have to take a break, you know, until yeah. it warms up a little bit. The only thing that's a little bit tricky at times is it's a bit of a t- team building experience when you set up camp mm. or tear down camp. Okay. There's this thing called the dump station, which is a joy. Oh, um, boy. The dumps. The, the dump, dump station. station. That's but, my stage name. <laughs> I was just waiting for the comments on the dump station from Isaac. DJ dump station. That's awesome. Yeah. Thankfully, 
<laughs> Thankfully, Cody's really good at setting up systems. He figured out from the very beginning, here's the best way to do this. Yeah. I have everything in totes. Here's your gloves. Here's where you stand. Here's oh, where I no. stand. Everything is all figured out. We've become a good team. We're getting better at that. Like, I can put the jacks down now. Was there an initial error with the dump station? No, actually not yet. Okay, good. There was not his, yet. Yeah. His, first, yeah, his first experience with the dump station, I think there was just a really long line. I wasn't with him that first okay, yeah. time. He was with a friend, but there was just a really long line. And he was like, dude, people are taking forever. So I think that's when he's like, okay, here's the system. Here's how we can make it go quick and smooth. So it really You don't want people waiting on you at the dump station. No. <laughs> Isaac is still uh, yeah, we're, we're stuck there. on we're that. We're not moving yeah. past okay. this. I'm okay. sorry. I, I do. I do look forward someday to a segment on the show where we have you know, Kara's like stories from yes. the dumpster. Like, <laughs> but yeah. overall, glamping is a good experience. Overall, glamping is, I would say, four point five stars out of five. <laughs> Want more out of your subscription to Real FM Plus? We get it. After all, the Disney Plus bundle includes bonus access to other services like Hulu and ESPN. So now, introducing the Real FM Plus bundle. It took some searching, but we eventually found two other services willing to bundle their content with your Real FM Plus subscription. First up, Blood Horse Magazine. Now you can read the thoroughbred horse racing and breeding industry's premier publication, all while listening to Real FM's positive pop, hip-hop, and polka. That's right. Add a new genre to your Real FM experience with Polka Power, Poland's premier 24-7 hit polka station, also now included with your Real FM Plus bundle. Subscribe to the Real FM Plus bundle today. Plus One, a part of the show where we learn from others because we need all the help we can get. The whole pleasure of being a human is in being stupid, but learning to be less stupid together. Today for our Plus One, we are joined by a good friend and somebody that one of our podcasters knows pretty well, Dree Beyer. Hi. Hi, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Fancy wait, meeting you here. Wait, you two know each other? That's weird. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We're super excited to talk to you today. We're going to talk about parenting because y'all have three adorable little kids and have had some experience in this. And I have questions. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I may I'll... have answers. <laughs> okay, good. I started writing these questions yesterday and literally like immediately buzzed out four or five. I was like, turns out I have a lot of questions about this. Great. So Great. this should be really fun, but I'm really excited to have you here. So let's just start with tell us a little bit about your kids and your family ages and names and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. So we have Avi. She's in fourth grade. She's typical oldest, always in charge. Ah, and yes. Arwen is six and she's in first grade. She's typical middle <laughs> the life of the party, having a lot of fun. Aww. And then we have Axel and he is two. He is um, all boy, just rambunctious <laughs> <laughs> and Henri, and, and it's great. Aww. We love him. So. so sweet. He is adorable. When you guys first got, you guys got married pretty young. Yes. In your senior year of college or right before? Uh, it was between our sophomore and junior year oh wow so okay we had so two even earlier years in gotcha. college wow well, i did you got married pretty young and then how long before you had av i think it was like four years four or five so we waited a little while yeah we enjoyed yeah. being 
newly married, which is yeah. good. That's great. Unburdened by yes. children. <laughs> Footloose and fancy free. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Did you guys plan on having, did you have a point where you consciously said, yeah, let's start trying to have kids or did it come as a surprise? We never said like, we're going to have X number of children. Like, okay. That was never a thing for us. We sure. were like, we'll have one and see how it goes and then we'll have mm-hmm. another and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. But we got to a point where we were like, all right, I think we're ready. We're yeah. ready to do this. And so we kind of jumped in with Avi and it took a little while. I think there's quite a bit of space between our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a little while before we were like, okay, we could do that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Because <laughs> babydom is hard. Yeah. I mean, it's all hard, but there's a certain special <laughs> sleeplessness that comes with those baby years. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we had to kind of get through that before we were yeah. ready to, to do that again. Okay, so you found out you're pregnant. Did you guys have that same sort of, oh yeah, we can do this confidence throughout that entire time leading up to birth? Or was it like hmm. nine months of freak out followed by, <laughs> okay, we got this? No, I, I don't think the freak out came till later. <laughs> I think everybody thinks they're a perfect parent until they are a parent. We're uh, like, oh yeah, okay. no big deal. It's great. And then, then the baby comes and you're like, Oh, Oh, what have we done? (laughs) That leads me to a question. How has the experience of parenting gone compared to your initial expectations? Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought I was going to be like a super chill, fun mom, like always doing cool stuff together. Uh, And I'm not. I'm not chill. I didn't know I had an anger problem until I had children. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of expectations about how that's going to go on a daily basis. It changes too as they age because when they're really little, like they do what you tell them to do. Like, you know, at first they can't even move unless you move them. And then they start moving. You have a little more control over where they're going. You Mm. can block stuff off. And then Uh then they start to like develop thoughts and wills and Uh stuff. Autonomy. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, And then there's this point where you're just like, I can't actually control you or make you do what I want to do or like take you to the store and you'll be happy about it. You know, when they're tiny babies, they don't care. There's a change over time. Yeah. (laughs) With sort of expectations of like, okay, we have to learn how to deal with you being an actual other person with thoughts and feelings of your own. When you have these like really close relationships with family members, like when you get married or when you have kids, Mm -hmm. it's those relationships that really start to shed some light on like who you are as a person. Like (laughs) you you learn things about your spouse, like when you get married to them, right. That you didn't know when you were just dating, but you also learn things about yourself Mm -hmm. that you didn't Uh know because you're like, I've never lived with another person like this before. Right. I didn't realize these were things that are important to me or these are things that get under my skin or that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I feel like having kids takes that to another level as well. Yeah. Where like you start to learn certain things about your own tolerances for things or your own behavior. I was going to ask about that, like what the impact of adding a child to y'all's lives together. How did that change y'all's dynamic as a couple? Because it was just y'all for a while. So Mm -hmm. you said four years and now there's a baby. I think we work together well as a team, keeping that in mind when we're dealing with something that's stressful or difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We have to be on the same page and we have to be a team about it. That's helped a lot with that, but it definitely... It's taken some of the attention and emotional bandwidth Mm. from each other a little bit Mm. that we had to kind of learn how to cope with. Yeah. Mm. Particularly, I think when we added second child, she 
was a terrible sleeper as an infant. Mm. And we both struggled through that time period of just feeling like we were missing each other. Mm. And so we had to kind of work through that and try to find ways to intentionally connect um, Mm. during that time. So you have to be a lot more intentional, I think, when you have children in the mix, because it's easier to put the other person aside and not give them your full attention. Yeah. We only have so so much energy. Yeah. 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 I think one of the things that I learned about myself is that I was a much more needy person than I thought in terms Mm. of like Uh. the time and attention that I was desiring for my life when we had kids. And all of a sudden now there's one, now two other people like competing for my wife's Mm. time and attention. Yeah. Like, it sounds almost kind of childish, but yet like no, that actually did make a big impact, sure. I think, on our relationship. Yeah. It's not something that we couldn't figure out or something that you don't overcome, but it is an adjustment for yeah. sure. Yeah. Where you go like, okay, now I have to share this <laughs> person with this person. Right. That's and it, it's taking up her emotional bandwidth. Yeah. It, right. It's meaning that she has to go to bed earlier because she's getting tired more quickly. Yeah. I'm even literally sharing her body with right. this baby. And, yeah. and so that yeah. actually has some weird. interesting, weird yeah. effects on mm-hmm. your relationship, too. Yeah. So there definitely is some of that, I that's, think. That's interesting. The yeah. intentionality seems cool because I think just from our experience, like me and Bree, we can mm-hmm. see each other and not be intentional about it because mm-hmm. we live at the same place. Mm-hmm. Right. It sounds like with a kid being in the mix, you have to really force that time with each other to make mm-hmm. sure you're actually like looking in each other's eyes <laughs> once right. or twice a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you can, it's easy to get kind of distracted Uh with all the stuff that has to be done, especially society wise. Moms kind of get that pressure uh, Mm. a little bit unfairly. Just all the things that have to be done, like we can get really bogged down in that and not spend time with each other. Mm. Um, And spending time together can sometimes mean doing the dishes together mm. yeah which is not always fun like it's not you're know, not like oh a dream date this just to go <laughs> and do dishes but sometimes just being intentional about spending the time together yeah even if it's using those things as an excuse to be together rather yeah. than a distraction from being together that's a mindset kind of a thing too mm-hmm. mm. drink question for you you just mentioned a minute ago the the pressure that maybe is sometimes unfairly put on moms specifically mm-hmm. and i was curious to ask you what's been the hardest thing about being a mom specifically? Maybe this is kind of a leading question, but do you ever struggle to feel like you're allowed to have your own dreams and desires outside of your kids? Yeah, I feel that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I push back pretty hard against that mm. because I feel a call to vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that looks very different than being a stay-at-home mom even. Mm -hmm. There's a whole set of pressures for moms who are stay-at-home moms Mm. and then for moms who are working outside of the home. There's just a A different set. A different set. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just different. There's a lot of pressure to say, you know, your kids are your most important thing, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of pressure even within the church to say your kids are the most important thing. That's not true. Mm -hmm. They're an important thing. They Mm -hmm. are really important. But my relationship with Jesus is the most important thing. And whatever he's called me to do, whether that's being a mom, Mm -hmm. being in ministry, being a wife, all of those things are part of his call for me. And they all have to work together, but my relationship with him has to be first. Mm -hmm. And so I can't put my kids first 
above my husband, above my relationship with Jesus, above my call to ministry, mm. because they're all a call yeah. and they, one doesn't get priority over the other. The priority is the call to follow Jesus. Mm. I push back pretty hard against the notion that like I have to put my call on hold for my children mm-hmm. because those Two things can coexist. Mm. You know, they can exist together. I think that's important. I think it's important that my kids see me do ministry. You know, mm. I, th- I think it's important that they see me sharing the gospel and discipling people and mm-hmm. participating in that because that's how they're going to learn mm. to do those things too. You know, yeah. um, point. in Deuteronomy, it says, teach these commands to your children while you're walking down the road, while you're sleeping, while you, when you get up in the morning, like basically take your kids with you, you know? (laughs) So make them a part of, of what you're doing and not the main thing that you're doing. Mm. So I think it's kind of like the subversion Mm -hmm. of that in my mind of like, they get to fit into what I'm doing and what God's calling me to do yeah, and not my life fits around them. They're not the center of your universe. Yeah. I like that. Because that's really unhealthy too, for them to be the center of anyone's universe. At the same time, obviously there are compromises you have to make as a parent in terms of you can't do it all or. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Even though I'd like to. Right. Sometimes (laughs) I think you're confronted by that. Like you go, Uh, like, I want to be able to do everything. And Mm -hmm. yet I can't being a parent. Certainly there's a lot about learning how to compromise Mm. and how to maybe not give up on certain things, but give in a little bit in certain areas or say, Mm. this isn't going to be as full as I want it to be all the time. Or can you talk a little bit about like Mm. what that's been like for you to learn about how you can't have it all, all the time? That's a a constant thing I'm learning. (laughs) Uh, And even before having children, that was Mm. the thing. Like I want to do it all because that's my personality. Yeah. I'm I'm an achiever. (laughs) I like to do everything Mm. at a hundred percent all the time, Mm. which is not healthy, but (laughs) I think there is, there is also sort of understanding Anson, you said earlier that children are kind of a mirror to our own imperfections. And I think one of the things I learned about myself is just how selfish that I am, Mm. letting go of some of those things that I'm being selfish about and and really parsing out, okay, what is the thing that God has called me to do versus what's the thing that I want to do selfishly? Uh And like Mm. having to figure out which things are the most important things here and what things can I let go of. Sometimes what you let go of is the dishes and... Yeah. Sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's okay to tell your kids like I'm not going to play with you right now because the yeah. dishes have to be done. Yeah. <laughs> and I think those things change on a daily basis mm. which back to intentionality it takes a lot of intentionality to decide what things are going to be most important today. Yeah. Mm. What things have to happen? When is it okay for kids to learn they've got to take a back seat for just a minute because mm. they aren't the center of the universe? When is it okay and good? To give them your full undivided attention yeah. and and mm-hmm. say, like, you are valuable and you are yeah. worthy of my attention. It's a hard balance, I think. Listening to you talk about all this, it strikes me that there's just so much that it feels like you're balancing all the time as, as a parent. Like, there's this balancing act and... Do you get overwhelmed by that? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Like I, I'm just listening to you. I feel overwhelmed yeah. on your behalf. And so what do you do with that when you get overwhelmed? I think sometimes it's helpful to have some hard and fast rules. Mm. Not about everything, but sometimes there can be some things that you say, like, we're not going to have our phones out from dinner time until bedtime. Mm. 
for the kids, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that that time is family time and we're going to spend that together. That's good. Once you've kind of figured out like where the balance should be mm. um, with a certain thing, then you can kind of like make a rule about that and it mm-hmm. makes it easier so you don't have to think about it every time every that time. you come to yeah. it. But also being willing to reassess when there needs to be a reassessment. That you hold those rules sort of loosely. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally we can break the rules or occasionally we can change them or things like that. I'm curious if you would agree with this. I remember what it was like being, maybe I don't really, I kind of <laughs> remember what it was like before we had kids. And I look back on that time now as a dad of three kids and going, yeah. like, man, I had so much free time back then. Uh-huh. I had so much less responsibility. Yeah. I didn't know how good I had it kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, But it's been my experience that whether you're single or married mm-hmm. or married with one kid or two or three, or I imagine it's probably the same. If you have seven, the amount of free time that you have or the amount of responsibilities that you have just adjusts uh, kind yeah. of naturally to fit your current life stage, Yeah, you know? And so right. like, yes, I can look back on when I didn't have any kids or even when I was single now and I can go, man, I would have so much more time to do whatever I wanted to do, which is objectively true. And yet at the same time, like I remember when we first got married thinking like, wow, I have a lot less time to just do whatever the heck I want to do because now there's another person in my life that is that I'm having to compromise with and that I'm having to Mm. adjust to and we're having to make decisions jointly instead of just getting to do whatever the heck I want to do. Right. And so like every time that you have one of those life stage changes, Mm. I feel like you just kind of naturally adjust to Mm. that new situation and that new environment. Yeah. And so, yes, being married and having three kids sometimes feels really overwhelming and yet also it doesn't necessarily feel that much more overwhelming than having two though Uh, or having one or first getting married anytime you have one of those it feels kind of overwhelming it's overwhelming at first yeah yeah. i think so i i actually have a mom friend who has seven oh wow she says the same thing i was more overwhelmed with three children than seven wow because she was adjusting at three children to what it was like Uh, to have more children than parents and once they adjusted and they had more like now they're just in a rhythm and they're like wow it's cool it's great you know and the older children as they get older they can kind of take on some more of the responsibilities and help around the house and that kind of stuff but yeah yeah, I mean, she says it all the time, like you are always at your max, whether you have two yeah. children or three oh. or seven or zero like or zero. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, or zero. Like, you're always going to yeah. be at your max. You you're always going to feel like the, yeah, the, 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 the space. space and time gets filled just naturally. Somehow. You know, yeah. if yeah. anything, though, like I think that could be an encouragement to right. people who are yeah. thinking about being parents yeah. who don't have kids yet. Yeah, because I do remember thinking about that and going like, are we going to be able to handle it? Like, yes, yeah. that's a fair question. Yeah. And I think the answer is, yeah. Yeah, you can because eventually you just kind of figure it out. I don't mean that in a dismissive way of no. like it's not hard or it's not like it is, but also yeah, you learn. Give yourself you know, more you, credit. Yeah, you can, you, you can do it. You figure yeah. it out, and mm-hmm. life goes on. And mm-hmm. you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> every, you everybody's stressed. Everybody's full. Everybody's busy. That's a like, good point. You yeah. know, having kids or not having kids, it changes some of the stressors or it changes right. some of the dynamics. But it's not like something where like not having kids magically makes your life easy. Like or you something have no like stress that. now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're kid free for the next couple of days. And it, there are other things that are filling the time, you know, like right. it's just it's amazing it just how what that happens. happens. Yeah. yeah, it does. So that takes me to the next point that I want to ask you that this is one of the biggest questions I had. There's been a lot of studies done recently, like fewer people our age in this room, but fewer millennials are actually choosing to have kids. Mm-hmm. And I 
can understand why personally, because I'm terrified. And so <laughs> it's something I have wrestled with a lot. My husband and I have lots of conversations about because it's just a huge, it feels like such a huge thing. And mm-hmm. I guess for me, it feels overwhelming. I'm curious, what would you say to someone, me or someone else who is unsure about bringing a small human into this crazy <laughs> world or just they're unsure, like you said, Anson, if they're cut out to yeah. do it. But like, mm-hmm. I think there's two elements there, the craziness of the world and then am I cut out to do this? Mm. What would you say to them? Yeah. It's a difficult question because I think everybody's kind of in a different place. And, you know, I never want to tell somebody you should have kids, but I would say as far as like the crazy world, it's always been crazy. (laughs) It's always been fallen. And we'd like to think that it's somehow getting worse than it ever has been. It's just getting different. Like in the middle ages, there were still terrible things happening. (laughs) Oh yeah, There was still sin in the world Mm. and Mm. at all points in history. We just have Twitter now. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we have to learn how to navigate different things, social media with our children and their access to media content. You know, like that's a terrifying aspect as a parent. I don't know how to deal with this. Is that a, a concern? Sure, but it's not going to get better and it's not really worse than it yeah. ever has been. Right. There's always been something. There, there's always something. Right. Yeah. Some kids were born in the middle of a war, you know. So, yeah, I think about my grandparents having kids right. in World War II, right. like right, yeah. right after yeah. that. Yeah. Like, whoa, that mm-hmm. was scary. Yeah. They were brave. Yeah, for sure. And as far as like whether or not you're cut out, first of all, God gives you the ability to parent the children that He gives you. He gives you the grace to do so. Mm. You're going to fail. We're all going to fail. I am not cut out to be a parent any more than anyone else, but God's grace covers that. You know, my parents failed in certain ways and God's grace covers that. If you say, you know, I'm not cut out to be a parent, there will be difficult times. There will be things that you're like, I have no idea how to handle this. You know, you may or may not come up with those answers. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that someone said to me, that that really stuck with me is that God was the perfect parent and yet Israel <laughs> failed over oh, and over and over. So even if we're perfect parents, that doesn't necessarily mean or guarantee that our children are going to be perfect children. Yeah. Because we're people. We're sinners. That's hard to beings. cope with. Like, do you have a hard time coping with yeah. that sometimes? Oh, yeah. Like letting go of the expectation that like, right. if I am a perfect parent, then my children will turn right. out perfectly. Yeah. That's hard to let go of, mm-hmm. isn't it? For sure. Well, for mean, sure. It would be hard for me to let go of. And there are certain things that we were struggling with lying at the moment mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. household, mm-hmm. being truthful mm-hmm. or being like sneaky and hiding things. Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating as yeah. a parent. I want to be like, why don't you get this? Why don't you understand that this is wrong and you're not supposed to do this? Mm. And I read in a parenting book one time, this mom was complaining about a similar kind of thing. And her husband said, at what point did you stop sinning? Oh, and she was like, well, there's that Okay, Dude. good point. You know, so, <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> thanks for that. You know, we can't expect our children to stop sinning either, but yeah. we can have grace for them and help them as they're trying to navigate these things. Mm. I think, you know, just being present with them and being real with them about mm. how all this works, how you feel about things, how you struggle with things mm. that can be really helpful to them. Don't cover it up and pretend like you've got it all figured out for them mm. because that does not help them either. Letting go of that perfection. It, it's a 
it's a lifelong struggle. Letting go of it for myself is difficult too. Right. Yeah. So yeah, then you add these little people that are attached <laughs> to you and your responsibility and it's right. like that much more <laughs> difficult. Right. I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking with a couple friends of ours. I think this was after we had had AV. So we had one child at the time. They have a child now, but they didn't at the time. Yes. We sat down at a coffee shop with them and we were having a conversation. And at one point in the conversation, one of our friends like just kind of like looked me in the eye and was like, why did you decide that you wanted to be a parent? Mm. <laughs> and I, I remember, remember like this. sitting there and trying to think what the answer to that question was. And I honestly couldn't yeah. come up with a good answer. <laughs> I was like, mm. well, honestly, like I think we had a child because we thought that's what we were supposed right. to do, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. but that felt like a really yeah. inadequate answer at the yeah. time. Uh-huh. And so I felt really self-conscious. I had this like existential crisis yeah. after that. Like, well, why yeah. did I decide to have a child? Did I just do it because society <laughs> expects me to or because my wife wanted me to or I have some thoughts about that as I've thought about that for many many years now but I'm just kind of curious how would you answer that question why did you decide to have children why did Mm. you decide well I think I mean the first time it was probably yeah very much so just that's what you're supposed to do Mm. we're ready for the next stage and phase and yeah that's what you you know that's what you're supposed to do after that, why did we have multiple children? That's a better question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. He's like, we've experienced it once and now what do we do? I think the point where we got to was parenthood is actually very sanctifying. Mm. It helps in that process of learning to be more like Jesus because they need you to teach them mm-hmm. literally everything. Mm. And also they teach you who you are. Mm. And they show you all of those flaws, all the places where you're impatient, all the places where your preference takes priority over their personhood. (laughs) And they show you those things Mm -hmm. because they really put the pressure on them. It's like the refiner's fire a little bit. Taking the gold and burning off the dross, you have to have some hard things Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And not that you can't be sanctified without children or that you can't go through hard things that are burning off the dross without children. But I think that it definitely aids in that. There's also an element of fun. Like we like our kids. Most, of the, blast, t- most yeah. of the time. There are parents uh, that don't really like fun. their kids. That is a yeah. real thing. So, there yeah. are times where I'm like, I love you, but right now I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, yeah. And I in really that way, enjoy... it's not all that different from any other relationship. Right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, you know, there are like, times where yeah. I feel that way yeah. about it. <laughs> but I think he's editing this podcast. I do think, though, when you say that parenthood is sanctifying, that's the answer that I've arrived at as well. Like, yeah. I'm not sure I still could answer why did I decide to become a parent adequately, mm-hmm. but I can answer why God made me a parent. Uh, and that's yeah, because like okay. I needed to be one. And I'm not yeah. saying that about anybody else except for myself. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. I think I needed to be a dad. Because being a dad is one of the primary ways God has brought Mm -hmm. me closer to him. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. being a dad has taught me more about who God is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's made my relationship with God better. Ultimately, that's what you want to say about, again, any relationship in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Why did you get married? Well, honestly, a lot of reasons. (laughs) Like I was desperate for companionship. (laughs) That guy or girl was really cute. Like, you know, there's lots of reasons why we can say, like, I just didn't didn't want to be alone. Right. Whatever. We have lots of reasons, but ultimately as Christians, we say, well, the ultimate reason for getting married is because 
it's sanctifying. It makes me a better person. God uses my marriage, mm-hmm. my partnership with this person to better them, to mm-hmm. better me and to better our relationship with God. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing, I think, with being a parent. And it strikes me as you're talking like my initial reaction to your statement parenthood is sanctifying and that's why it's a good thing is like that's not good that sounds <laughs> awful. like that yeah. sounds painful yeah, and right. that's not good but that's the whole thing is like in my head painful things are not good yeah and that's not necessarily true and i can see that in my marriage mm-hmm. and that's what people always say right before you get into these things it's really good and really hard right and yeah. mm-hmm. why is hard good i can't really explain it to you but i can tell you that yeah. we've made each other better people mm-hmm. but also it's been hard but also good yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's, it's funny because you get back to this point where you start thinking about it, you go like everything that's ever been good yes. has been hard. That's true. Things that are good become better with difficulty, yeah. you know, like with trial and tribute. And like that's one of the key, like, yes, weird paradoxes of life is that mm-hmm. suffering is good for us. Yes, right. We could get all off onto that. I know but like, it's a whole thing. But, but I do <laughs> think parenting ties into that. So, yeah, like, I think so. not only having to give up some of my own selfishness and my own selfish desires for my kids, but then also just suffering with my kids through things, you know, and like one of my kids comes home from school and had a bad day and is struggling and I get to like sit down and hug them and tell them it's going to be all right. Like, I mean, yeah, those are some of the sweetest moments that I have had in my entire life. You know, what I'm hearing Mm. is that y'all have a really good perspective on it. Yeah. Like you have a good outlook on parenting. I think maybe something to consider is how you have your perspective going into it and what to expect. Because y'all are saying the heart is good and suffering is good. That's not like a normal, <laughs> like, that's not what most people like Kara and I, I would we sit there like, and go like, yeah, uh, what? Because yeah, I'm hearing like no sleep and I'm that's like, that's what me too. Isaac and I are like, maybe not. No, right. but I think good. it's not my favorite part of it. Yeah. I, I think y'all bring a very valuable perspective to it. Like you recognize yeah. it. Right. Well, ultimately, you would say like, I would recommend being a dad because it makes my life better. Right. But right. <laughs> when I right. say better, what do I mean, I don't mean by easier. that? Right. I don't mean yeah. easier. Right. If anything, yeah, it probably does make it harder, but also still better. Also yeah. still better. Right. And again, I That's think good. about it in relation to like getting married as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like sometimes I think we get that idea in our heads going into that relationship of like, I want to do this because it's going to make my life easier. <laughs> like, and that's uh, not really the case. Yeah. Better? Absolutely. Easier? Uh, Those aren't the so same much, thing. But they're right. not the same but thing. But we think yeah. they are in right. our heads. Yeah. We yeah. choose to go into an endeavor often as we evaluate like, how much pain is that going to cause me? Like, yeah. should I go forward or not? And I think I can safely <laughs> speak for Dree when I say that we both every single day have that tension of I wish this was easier. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Know, like, yeah. There is a tension between <laughs> good and hard and hard. Now it is time for fill in the blank. Instead of drawing a blank here at the end of the podcast, we're going to fill one in or fill in the blank for today. One thing that I learned in our conversation today about parenting is for me, I think it was it's entirely about perspective. We could all benefit from that, whether we're parents or not. But I think parents especially, it was really refreshing and cool to see two parents talking about their kids and Mm. talking about the experience with what I think is such good perspective on both how hard it is and also how rewarding it is. For me, it was just the reaffirmation that hard and good are not mutually exclusive. In Mm. fact, they often go together (laughs) as much as I don't like that. Like there is something beautiful about it and redemptive. Honestly, it was really fun to listen to my wife speak about parenting because it's one of the greatest adventures that the two of us get to go on together, Mm. you know? 
And so to listen to my partner be able to kind of like share her experiences in that is really joy giving to me because mm. it's a really joyful and fun experience to do that with her. That's so. cool. All right. It's time to go to batting practice. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. Thanks for listening to the Really Real Podcast. We totally give you permission to share this episode with that one person in your life that really needs to take it to heart because I'm sure they needed it more than you, right? Get more content or air your grievances in the Real FM Facebook group at real.fm slash insiders. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say... The capuchin monkey and my brain was just like, no, we're not. We're staying right there. We're not going past the <laughs>